Welcome to the Woo Woo Woman podcast. My name is Shelly and I'm your host. I'm a self-taught astrologer, modern mystic, yogic guide, and women's empowerment coach living in the South Florida area. This podcast was created with the intention to share the tools, people, and modalities that have continued to help me shift and heal to up-level my life in efforts to inspire and encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for being with me. My guest in today's episode, Anna Maria, has generously decided to gift a session away to one of my listeners. I'm really excited to offer this to you because I truly believe that Anna Maria is such a wealth of knowledge and wisdom when it comes to emotional intelligence and mental well-being. And to have her offer something like this of her time and her energy to one of our listeners is just so, so generous. So thank you so much, Anna Maria, for offering this. And in order to enter to receive a free session, please make sure that you share this episode on Instagram, tagging both myself and Anna Maria, and let us know what you think. Thank you so much, Anna Maria, for sharing this information. This podcast, I truly believe, as we were recording it, was specifically for me at the time because I truly, truly was going through something and I needed to hear these words. So I pray that this episode also resonates with all of you listening. Hello and welcome to the Woo Woo Woman podcast. If you're new here, so excited that you're here listening in on this episode. If you're one of the original OGs, welcome back. You are in store for such a great podcast and discussion. We have Anna Marie here. She is a professional intuitive and a licensed clinical therapist. And we touched base and connected through Instagram. And I believe that in every single way and in every single day, we need to take into consideration not only our mental health, but the fact that other people might be dealing and working with so many things as we interact and partake into this day, the world, all of that jazz. And we are here to step into this space to really bring awareness and empowerment within this discussion. And Anna Marie, thank you so much for taking out the time to be here to share your message, your ways with the world. And just for a little introduction for those uh, who are listening and who don't know you, give us a little bit of a synopsis of your background, how this became something that you developed into a passion to help yeah. others. Yeah. So, um, you know, it started really back when I I always call it, so I'm in my Saturn return right now, but I call it like my pre-Saturn return. Um, So I I got pregnant um, in my junior year in college, like surprise pregnancy. um, And that journey into motherhood and kind of the obstacles I faced of becoming a single mother um, and not being prepared for it really took me down a different spiritual path. Um, But then really, I would say, you know, I, I, and I was studying social work. So I've always been in the field of figuring out how to help people, how to help empower them to be their best selves, to achieve the things that they want to achieve. That has been my passion for my entire life is just seeing people get to where they want to go because I was somebody who frequently was told what I was and wasn't going to be able to accomplish because I grew up with a learning disability and I um, have epilepsy. And so people were constantly telling me what my own limitations were. And I always was like, no, that's that's just not going to happen. And it made me more determined. So I 
have always had that drive to help people, whether it's with mental health and listening to them, or it's figuring out how can we work within the system and make things better so that we can go farther. So the people around me with me can go farther. Um, and so then my partner died in 2019, I was in graduate school um, and he died by suicide and it really um, rocked my world because, you know, that was, that's my field. You know, I'm, I'm a social worker. How did I not see that he was suffering so much? And he, I mean, he hit it really well. Um, he didn't want anyone to know he was suffering so much, but it really rocked my how I looked at things. And so I started to go a little bit deeper into energy work because I needed something. I was, um, I was not grieving well. And I was very much a person who was like, okay, here's another obstacle. I'm just going to like, keep, I'm going to work even harder because like, this just makes me stronger. And this just means I'll know how to help other people, um, instead of taking the time to grieve. And that's really what I started to, you know, look, I, I started off with like going to a medium, um, cause I wanted to really understand, you know, what had, what had happened. And then I started to look into, you know, different energy healings and like energy work in general. I started to take many classes, um, from the mentor that would later, I would do the certification with, which is a like three to four month program. Um, and in 2020, when I kind of had my own breakdown, um, and that's also when I became a therapist. Cause I was like, people need help, mental health and how mental health wise. And it was always something I was very good at in school. Um, I, I had a natural keen for it. And when I became a therapist, it just clicked, you know, I was, my clients were getting through their problems and reaching their goals of like no panic attacks and not feeling depressed and stuff without medication in like three to four months, which was unheard of, um, with, from what I understood from my other, uh, colleagues and, and stuff, but a lot of people would be in therapy for years before they saw any progress. And I just thought that was insane. <laughs> Cause I thought of myself and how I would not want to have to be in therapy for years and years and years to make a little bit of progress. And I thought of, um, Brian who had been in therapy for years and, you know, we still ended up with, with, some, with this devastating result. Um, and so then I, once I started to dip my toes in a little bit more, I was doing healings and energy work for myself and for my daughter, um, to help her process grief because when he passed away, she was only one and a half. So I knew that that grief would hit her at different times moving forward. Um, and I wanted to have the resources for her to be able to help her navigate that in a way that didn't hinder her spirit. Um, and then I started to integrate it into with my regular therapy clients and they were seeing even more progress and they would talk about how they never felt this way before. And I would get intuitive hits before I started integrating it of like, they kind of need to go in this direction. And I would just you know, I would add it in a little bit, little by little. And, um, in the last year and a half is when I really was like, okay, I'm going to not work with other like clinics. I'm going to go off on my own and I'm going to do this work. I'm going to fully integrate what I know about cognitive behavioral therapy and psychology and, and psychoanalysis and energy work. And I'm going to help people to actually get the results they want to get. Um, so that's, you know, <laughs> trying to that's sum everything incredible. up in a little. <laughs> yeah, but it's an incredible bridging of the gap. I have, you know, had conversations with people where talk therapy helps, but sometimes mm -hmm. talk therapy is almost as if you have a stick in the ground and you're just like reiterating the same story mm -hmm. and you're almost diving deeper into that reality yeah. in your subconscious mind and yeah. everything is energy. And yeah, I love that you're absolutely. able to bridge the gap between the energetic components yeah. 
that really are who we are, yeah. energetics and receivers. And at the very same time, recognizing that there is an element there that we can, we can, we can work with the science. We could work with yeah, all of them. Absolutely. Need for both. Yes. And it's great that you're able to really bring both of those together in such a way that really does create change because yeah. we all know that change really only happens on an energetic level when things yeah. begin to click and be established within that individual. If it doesn't yeah. click, that person's like, okay, still going to the same therapist, the same yes. session, the same, the same hamster wheel that they're living in their life. They're, yeah. they're bringing it into their sessions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that I see a lot is that people, especially when they're like, oh, I don't know what to talk about in therapy or therapy just doesn't work for me. Then they think they're like unfixable or that life is always going to be this way. But what really happens is so many of us are really good at, we can talk about our problems, but it's not shifting any energy. We're not moving any emotions because we became so detached from it and do so detached from ourselves in order to cope, in order to survive. So if, if you have been in that place, like I was, and then you go to therapy and that's the first thing you do before doing energy work, it's most likely not going to shift or move a lot for a long time because you've already become so detached there. And so, yeah, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people and I was one of those people where when I first went to therapy, I was like, mm, I, you know, there's nothing that I don't already know that this person hasn't told me. Yeah. And, uh, and especially since I was in this field, I was like, I already know all of the things. I know the coping mechanisms, but the coping me mechanisms don't work as well if energetically you are in that trauma still, you're living in that trauma. So it, energy work helps to shift you, clear you so that when you're learning the coping mechanisms in therapy, they're helping you to maintain like an equilibrium an equilibrium, and maintain you know the progress you're making and feel better so that therapy can actually work. Yeah, it's like an embodiment. It's like first yes. you gotta like clean out yeah. the room, clean yes. out your attic, organize yeah. your attic before you can really, really make change and actually feel the shift. Yeah, right? absolutely. When you clean out your closet or when you clean <laughs> out a room, you're like, holy moly. Like I physically feel better. Yes. You oh my gosh. Yes. In like the mental desk, the emotional desk, and even like the physical. Oh yeah. Desk yeah. Life. I talk about that all the time. There are three levels of, of healing of life. There's the energetic, the cognitive and the physical therapy, talk therapy exists, lives, breathes in the cognitive level. Yep. So it's really just focusing on what do you think? How do, how do what you think affect the outside world? Can we change what you think? And it's not that that doesn't work because it's, it's a level of healing. It will work. It's just a lot slower. But when you start with energy work, energy, as you said, everything's made of energy. It's the foundation. And so it's going to make it easier to shift the trauma that your body might hold to how you're physically reacting, as well as how you're cognitively reacting and those subconscious things. Yes. And with that being said, how you mentioned, it's like very cognitive. I think mm -hmm. unless you incorporate some form of energy work or some form or modality that helps you pivot and see things slightly differently, mm -hmm. the cognitive therapy kind of stays in that same plane as that person's yeah. been, right? Yeah. But it's not until you introduce you know, Hey, listen, this, this energy work per se, or yeah. different modalities like human design or astrology mm -hmm. or something to that yeah. nature. That's like, Hey, this is what this says. Does this resonate with you? And you're like, Whoa, yeah. let me open a new door. Let me see what, what yeah. that's showing me. Like, I never thought about like, like that. I never yeah. see, saw things like that. And that is what I think opens the door for real, real cognitive yeah. change and yeah. subconscious reprogramming because yeah. Again, if you're on that hamster wheel, unless you take a moment to get off and look at the big picture, can you mm -hmm. really assess what you're really working with? 
Yeah. And a lot of people don't even know when they come to therapy, what they should talk about. They just know that they're not feeling great and that they don't want to feel that way. And when you work with energy work, so like when I do readings and stuff and they're like, here's the problem, energy work allows you to dive into, you know, where, what is the energy that's being held? And so you'll see, I'll have clients who like the root problem will be, you know, when they were in third grade, they did a presentation, they messed up a word, got a bad grade and the kids laughed at them. And it held that trauma that, that they had, even though some people will be like, that's not a trauma. Trauma is just any time that we, there's an emotional distress that we can't process and it gets stuck with us. So that trauma that they experienced is, has then been carried with them for years, maybe decades. And when, because when you carry trauma that long, eventually it becomes a physical manifestation in some in some form. And that's why they might have like panic attacks all of the time and be triggered by certain things that don't make any sense to them. They might not even remember that moment, but that's actually at the root. And so people are always amazed at what truly they're holding and what truly they are like, what is directing their life and making them feel um, outside of themselves, taking them away from themselves. And it's so fascinating to even just like conceptualize and like, like right now that there's something dictating, right? Mm-hmm. The baseline of your life mm-hmm. at this very point. Like yeah. there's something dictating in the background. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. And it's until we actually choose to see ourselves, mm-hmm. right? As this integral common denominator in all that we do yeah. and choose to kind of see I like to call like those energetic strings tentacles because it's like, oh, I love that. Right. Because it's usually like have this hub emotion. Yeah. Let's say, Mm -hmm. but that anger can sometimes be tagged to sadness, to guilt. Right. So there's these other strings of emotions. And I just recently went through this, you know, a couple of days ago. I was like, Mm -hmm. where is all this coming from? Right. Mm -hmm. And it takes, it takes the ability to, first be open to the fact that it could be something Mm -hmm. bigger and it's not just anger. Right. And then choosing to go to those deeper parts that oftentimes, like you said, are hidden. Yeah. And it's that energy work that sometimes is needed or Mm -hmm. even just that subconscious, you know, like you have all the answers, right. But sometimes when you're, when you're not in that space, it's, it's difficult to really tap in. But if you just settle into that emotion and you undress it mm-hmm. and ask, right? Asking yeah. to receive and being like, where is this stemming from? Yeah. Yeah. Where is physical pain stemming from? Where is this yeah. emotion, this thought loop? Yeah. That's, absolutely. That's where the power is. Yeah. And it's so interesting because when you when you are willing to sit with that, you know, you'll a lot of times there are things like if you're somebody who has experienced anxiety, depression from a young age, and there wasn't like a trauma associated with it. It's, I see a lot of people who carry the trauma of their parents or of their ancestors. And so then they're like, I don't, I don't understand why I'm feeling this way. I'm reacting this way. You know, when people say depression and anxiety are biological or passed down, how I see that energetically is there was a wound, a trauma that was energetically passed down because it wasn't processed. And there was a survival strategy that was um, essentially passed down in the energetic makeup that, you know, what DNA, there's also energetic coatings for everything. Epigenic, real thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and, And with that, some people will, like, they won't feel depressed or depression won't hit them until later in life. 
but it still runs in the family. If you were exposed to something that energetically triggered that energetic cord, so to speak, or that energetic memory, then your energy goes into, okay, my ancestors experienced this. So now I need this survival strategy, which might be, you know, um, like depression, which depression is just energetically, um, your ego, your human self and your soul self are kind of like at, at a head. Your human ego self has now villainized and seen your your soul as a threat. And so it needs to deep, it needs to overcome it. It tries to change it, numb it out, shrink it. Um, while anxiety is just a breaking apart. So you're disassociating, you're pulling, you're going away from your soul self. So those are different survival strategies that can be passed down. Yeah, for sure. And there's a really great book that really helped me get through my mother's passing because my mother and I had like a bit of like a tumultuous relationship. Okay. And it's called it didn't um it did not start with you. Yes. Yeah. I'm familiar. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a powerful book for me. Like even just the yeah. first couple of chapters, I was like, whoo. Yeah. So true. It's that there's like studies that have proved that this is true. Like there are these energetic hand-me-downs that sometimes yeah. we adopt yeah. and we carry them on as our own. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's powerful when you're able to see like, whoa, that isn't mine. I'm yeah. liberating myself from that heaviness, from that energy, from whatever that is. Yeah. You know? And it ends and it ends. Yeah, absolutely. We learned about that. Um, I learned about that in undergraduate. It was funny enough is like, and then I understood it on a different level when I started to understand energy work, because as social workers, we were studying that of there are certain environmental factors that might turn on a gene that like now all of a sudden a child has um, type one diabetes and they didn't have type one diabetes before. And like, so all these different things that it can manifest in a physical cognitive, you know, or even energetic level. So amazing. As you were talking about emotions, um, I don't know if you can dive into a little bit so that way we can maybe yeah. uh, get our listeners to 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 see and reflect on themselves. Yeah. Like I love how you explain depression, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain maybe anger and sadness and oh, all yeah. of their emotions a little bit more on an energetic yes. level? Yes. So um I it's I actually love this because I sat down with the emotions like two years ago. And I was like, okay, I want to understand you on an energetic level. And it totally changed the way I saw everything, um, including how I interact with my daughter. So I'll start with sadness because although sadness is, is hard to feel and it can feel very heavy. It can give us, we might even avoid it. It's one of the most beautiful like emotions that I understand energetically. So, um, sadness actually is our energy and our soul adapting to the changes and helping our physical body adapt to the changes around us. So that's where we would have grief, but it's actually a call to find community and to connect. It's not a call to isolate because, and that's why like when we're sad, we cry. Tears actually trigger a certain hormonal response in other humans to come in comfort. So energetically, your sadness is asking for community because that's what's going to help you to adapt to the change, to grieve, to move forward. It's not actually to isolate. And I thought that that was really beautiful. Like when we feel sadness to it's find so community. Um, and it changed the way that I even saw, like when my daughter would say like, I'm just really sad. And I'd be like, I don't understand what like, you know, my, so my logical brain sometimes when you're as a mom and you're just trying to get things done. And I would be like, I don't understand. But when I understood this, I was like, she just needs a hug. She just needs me to be with her. I don't need to do anything. I just, she just needs to be in community. So like we, my, my best friend, her godmother and I, surround her when she is feeling those, those feelings. Um, anger 
is really a, it's a really cool um, emotion. Everyone thinks it's very aggressive. And so a lot of women actually don't feel comfortable being angry because uh, many of us have been told or shown or modeled that if we feel angry about something, that means we don't like something or we don't love someone. Um, but it's actually the opposite. Anger is a protective emotion. It's very passionate. Um, and really what it means is like, there is a boundary that has been crossed that has threatened my survival in some way and it needs to be like fixed. And so anger actually desires action. It doesn't mean you have to go and hit someone or yell at someone. That's not, that's a very, that's a misconception. It just means it needs some form of action, whether it is standing, grounding. It, uh, anger also usually requires grounding into yourself and setting a boundary, or maybe it's expressing yourself by like screaming into a pillow, but it requires action. And when we don't take action and we swallow the anger, we ignore it, we push it to the side, what happens is because we've placed it internally, it then starts to get taken out internally. And it can create a lot of um, physical, like it can cause physical illness over a long periods of time, but it also triggers depression because depression is also, and can also be when anger, unprocessed anger, it, because it's taking it out on something, it's taking some type of action. Um, there is no emotion that you can compartmentalize. So thinking like, okay, I'm just going to not feel this. If you start to numb one emotion out, you're, it's going to end up spreading to everything, which is why sometimes when people are depressed and they, because they've been trying to numb one thing, it ends up going over to everything. So then they're like, I, I can't feel joy anymore. I can't feel happiness anymore. Um, and it's rooted from trying to, to numb or compartmentalize one emotion. Um, loneliness energetically is you not seeing a part of your soul, like a bit, essentially like self-abandonment. Like when we are truly sitting in loneliness, um, there's a level of, okay, you are there we're, I'm abandoning myself in some capacity, whether it is, you know, self-isolating from other people. And like, there's a part of your soul that deeply seeks connection, but you're not willing to see it. So whenever I feel lonely, I'm like, okay, what am I, who, like, what part of me am I not wanting to see right now? What mm -hmm. part of me am I unwilling to accept? Um, and that includes like, sometimes like I have friends who will, and, and even myself in the past where like, you think about an ex and you're like, oh, I kind of wish I could just reach out to that ex. And I had to sit with myself. I'm like, well, why? Because I, you know, I didn't want to be with that person. And it's really that there's a part of me that they made feel seen that I'm not allowing to see myself and I'm not allowing to express, or I'm not allowing to come up to the surface. So, um, that's, that's energetically, um, what loneliness is, um, I think fear is interesting. So it's kind of a gray color and fear is interesting because it's, it's sole purpose is just survival. Like it's just there to help you survive. So actually when you are, if you let fear take over, fear is stagnant, nothing can move forward. Nothing can move backwards. It's just like, okay, I just need to survive. So there's, is no moving. It's not, um, it's not something like if you get stuck in fear, like you're essentially letting yourself get stuck in that trauma. And that's why we hold on to trauma. It's really meant to be there to help the human self continue survival on, on earth in this lifetime. Um, and it's not really something that it's not like passionate, like anger, because in a, in a certain ex extent, all emotions are just an expression of our soul and just here to help us survive and understand what's happening around us. Um, any other emotions? That you're guilt and shame come up. Oh, okay. So guilt and shame are actually kind of a subset of fear in a way. Um, they actually, 
so shame isn't natural to us. Shame is something that is actually, it's external and it comes, stems from like the fears that can come up from the collective. So it's something that's learned um, because you could, you could, as a human, live your whole life without shame. The, I, if you, I believe every emotion has some form of a benefit. And if I connect with like, what is the benefit of shame? It's really to help us biologically find um, and, or not find, but stay in community. Um, if, if you're looking at like for a positive of shame, um, but energetically, it's really, it's a very, um, restricting emotion that we feel it kind of wraps itself around our energy. And it's, um, if I'm trying to think of a good analogy for it, but it really can block out our, our energy from ourselves. It can block out our ability to connect like shame really, can can consume the, our own individual unique energy um, because it keeps us away from ourselves. It keeps us away from other people, um, but it's not a necessary one. Like it, like I said, it's not a natural one. Guilt comes up when there is um, like dishonesty in some capacity, either dishonesty with yourself, dishonesty with other people. So what it really is, is it's a feeling of imbalance energetically, an imbalance between your body, your energy, and your mind. So in, whether you lied to yourself in your mind or you lied to, you know, other people or you're like, whatever, a guilt actually comes in as a way to let you know that there's an imbalance and that the imbalance wants to be fixed. Um, and, but guilt can also be used, um, in other ways on people. So it's, it's one of those things where it's kind of been, it has a similar energetic vibe of shame, but only because it's being used, it, it's frequently being used as a way to try to control people and keep them away from themselves and away from other people. But when you look at guilt naturally as a natural occurring emotion that can come internally from you, not somebody, you know, saying something that now makes you feel guilty, it is, just the energy, the universe, your soul, letting you know, Hey, there's something, there was some type of dishonesty or something, an imbalance that's now created because there was a level of dishonesty from the soul level. Um, even when somebody else says something and they don't intend you to feel guilty about it, but you feel guilt, that means that there's some dishonesty that you're, there's something you're not facing. There's a truth you're not facing. So good. Yeah. And I think you touched on anxiety, but yeah. If you want to elaborate on that, I think you touched on it briefly. Yeah. Um, I actually love anxiety. I tell people like, if you ever feel depression or anxiety, that just means that there is something better for you that you're meant to experience in life. Um, it's not this thing that you're like broken or you need to be fixed. It's just, that means that there's something better, like get excited because that just means we just got to get, do the work to get there. Um, and anxiety is actually a disconnect from yourself. So something happens that's emotionally distressing or traumatic or difficult to process. Um, and so as a survival strategy, you disconnect from yourself to self-preserve. Um, and whether it is, you know, different parts of your soul going like hibernation or they're going like somewhere else, you know, that's why a lot of people get soul retrievals, um, whatever the case is. So you disconnect and then you, you learn a survival strategy and your ego and your human self latches onto it. A survival strategy could be as simple as like, 
when you were younger, you wore this purple cowboy hat to school and kids made fun of you. So then you no longer wore the purple cowboy hat to school. So then you looked at, okay, what is everyone else wearing? And you learned to become a chameleon. You learned to how to fit into society instead of following the natural calling of what you feel expresses yourself through fashion. So it could be as simple as that. And once you learn that survival strategy, your brain will apply it to everything because it will say, okay, well, this threat happened here. So let's just apply it to everything to make sure that that threat doesn't come up anywhere else. And so then you're truly living your entire life from this one tiny um, survival strategy. If you haven't gone and processed um, what happened or processed the emotions, even if it's not what happened, but just the emotions. Um, and really anxiety is there to, I, so in 2020, I created a framework called the anxiety languages, which tells us, okay, how is your anxiety speaking to you and expressing itself? And that will help you find what the root causes that you need to, um, you need to connect with and process. And so depending on how your anxiety is speaking, which it speaks through behaviors is going to tell you like, okay, what kind of wound do I have to go back and process? It's, it's essentially leaving little trickles of like, Hey, here's the survival strategy. It's not authentic to us. So whenever you're ready, anxiety is making space for you to take your time to go and process what you need to process. Um, and then, but really it's just showing like, Hey, there's a disconnect here. I'm going to protect this part of your soul, this part of your being, because it, you're so important to me. Um, you come back and process when you're ready. So, but we're not meant to live out of that survival strategy, which is why people end up with panic attacks and they're unable to live their lives because your anxiety at that point is like, Hey, I'm here, please. Like, I want you to come back to the surface, come process this thing. Um, and then, and because it's overworking, then it sees everything as a threat. So then everything is triggering us. Everything is causing our anxiety symptoms to increase and escalate. So fascinating. Now that what did you call it? The, the, the anxiety, anxiety languages, languages. Yes. Is that accessible or is that something that you do in your program? Um, so I do it in my program, but it is, it's accessible. I, I created it and I, there's nothing else out there like it. I'm Dude, going to, I feel like that content. needs to be like your downloadable, like freebie lead magnet. Okay. It's, okay. I really feel that that in and of itself is really going to bring so much clarity because I think every single one of us to some extent has experienced anxiety and more yeah. often not, like you said, we don't really even know sometimes like where it's stemming from or if it's even ours, right? Like going yeah. back to like trauma and our ancestors, right? Yeah. I think, you know, all the other emotions may not be as like, I don't know how to explain it. They're not as easily want you don't want to dive into some of those those bigger emotions yeah. whereas like anxiety mm -hmm. is like superficial enough that we've all mm -hmm. experienced it we can all yeah. relate to it in some way and to be able to have something that can kind of put words to what we're experiencing dude yeah I feel like that would be money yeah. ticket. Money I, ticket I'm playing <laughs> around with it I started writing a book about it in 2020 2021 and then it. like some life stuff happened and I kind of paused on it, but I was like, you know what? I've been feeling recently that I'm going to like, I'm going to finish up the book, but I'll also create more content with the anxiety languages yeah. um, because it be is, it is so important and it, it helps so keep important. Yeah. And it's again, like something that we've all experienced to some degree at some level in our lives. Yeah. And it, yeah. it's like, it's like superficial enough that I think it would be a great introduction for people to begin to understand that they want to know more about their other emotions because yeah. it's like, as you were talking, I'm like over here jotting certain things. It's like, 
our thoughts generate emotions, right? And our emotions oftentimes generate the action or the response mm-hmm. physically, right? So yeah. when we're able to like tune into those emotional parts of us, then mm-hmm. the mental health kind of steps in, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, like this is where you are. This mm-hmm. is what you're kind of like energetically pulsating out. Where's yeah. your head? What are you giving? What are you receiving? And like, how yeah. can you recalibrate that, recalibrate your nervous system at the same yeah. time? Yeah. So, you know, if you want to speak upon that, if you have like any, anything else to add, because when I'm feeling a certain way, I take a moment and I'm like, like undress it. What's here. Yeah. Come from, where's my head at? You know, there are these processes that I have adopted. And again, I might be on my own hamster wheel because I'm so used (laughs) to doing things like that. Yeah. yeah. Such a beautiful conversation to really crack those layers open to really begin to kind of tune into, you know, what, what's going on in our dome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because, um, and like cognitive behavioral therapy is the theory that like our thoughts create emotions, which then create behaviors, which is why it focuses on changing kind of like your cognitive pathways, how you respond to things on a thinking level. Um, and that is one way of approaching things. I've also found that for, especially for many of us that are spiritual or like, and, and we're, and we're really tapping into energy work, you will probably get the feeling and you'll, you'll probably get the feeling slash physical sensation before you get the thought. And, um, because I find that like a lot of times we're feeling something and then we're trying to narrate it. We're trying to understand it. So when you are truly becoming attuned to your emotions and you are like, okay, I feel something. And you know, the physical sensations that the feeling is in your body. Cause a lot of people don't know if I ask you what it feels like for you to be angry, that people will just be like, I don't know, like anger, but they don't know what it, the sensations are in your body. Each emotion in your body will create a different physical sensation that a lot of times then starts to trigger a pathway of thinking in your mind. Um, and once you've processed different things and you've reset your nervous system and your body and your energy are working more in sync, it's going to allow different pathways in your brain of your thinking um, and clear certain limiting beliefs so that you don't immediately jump. Like when you feel angry, you're not immediately jumping to, okay, I'm threatened. I need to like, I need to yell at some, or, or I need to take this specific pathway. You know, um, it's a, going to allow you to open up in different ways so that you don't jump into survival mode and your brain, your thoughts jump into survival mode. So I actually see it as much more of like emotions can happen naturally without the thoughts. We just don't, we're not accustomed or we don't learn that that happens that way because emotions are just ways that our soul is expressing itself. But if we are disconnected on the soul level, the body level and the cognitive level, they're all trying to function as three different things. So then we get overwhelmed because our energy is doing one thing and it's, and it's hurting and it's trying to communicate and the body's doing another thing. And the, and the mind is like only letting specific things in because it's trying, it's also in survival mode. Um, so I hope, did that answer your question? <laughs> no, as okay. you're saying that, I can totally relate to that because there are times where I'm in a situation or a conversation and my body's like feeling a certain way. Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, is this mine? You know, and then yeah. I'm like trying to re like rationalize it in my mm-hmm. head. Yeah. So with you explaining that, I can really see that, that actually happening in circumstances Mm -hmm. that I've actually been a part of recently. Whereas the other way I think really brings you back to that again, the head instead of like into the heart, into the body. Whereas like the way you explained, it's like drop back into the heart, drop back into the body. Like what is, what are you picking up? What are you, you know, um, 
what are you feeling in this situation? What is it bringing up? What is the situation bringing up in you on yeah. an energetic level, as yeah. opposed to like, what is it bringing up on this like cognitive, yes. like yeah. conversation? Yeah. So I love the way that you explained yes. it. Yeah. And that's what I like. I want people to understand is like what we think and like that kind of like that inner monologue that so many of us have, it's only one pathway and it's trained in a certain way. So like it's Google not database. It's like, yes. yeah. Like, okay. This is my Google database. We're all walking around. Yes. It's like Google database. Yes. And like- yes, exactly. And it's only the first couple pages. Like Google will show you the top hit. Right. That's, that's what it's, it's only going to show you the top hit. Yes. It's sponsored exactly. article. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what's happening. So it's, it's really important to connect your energy and your body first so that you can start working with the brain. So like especially the, it's called the part of our brain that does logic and tries to understand everything and is intelligent and all that kind of stuff. It's called the new brain. It's actually a second part of the brain that's been developed. Like if you look at it scientifically. And so it's not really, it's, it wants to make sense of everything, but sometimes emotions don't always need to be made sense of, or they either need to just be felt and expressed like felt then expressed through the body and then let go. And it just opens your mind up to different things. So I just don't allow yourself to get stuck in the head. That's a lot of times also what prevents us from making progress and moving forward is just like everything's in the head. And when we try to logically explain everything, especially like if you're somebody who had some like inner, some past trauma in your childhood, a lot of times it comes out of like, oh, I'm going to, I blame me. Like I, this is my fault. It's something's wrong with me. Like how you were saying like, okay, what's wrong with me? Like, is this a whole thing? when it might, it it probably has nothing to do with anything being wrong with you. It's just your soul trying to communicate something with you that might just need to be expressed. I had legit a circumstance two days ago Mm -hmm. and I put a post because I was doing a meditation on the open app and I was like, oh my gosh, the quote was very resonant. It was like um, something about something about your emotions. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just gave myself permission to feel that for the first time, I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. And I've done this part that I'm mm-hmm. used to doing. And there's like nothing, yeah. I'm just feeling this type mm-hmm. of way. And it creates space to be, mm-hmm. and it gives you permission to trust your body and your heart enough mm-hmm. to, to listen. Yeah. And I feel like we control alt delete the heart and the body mm-hmm. because society's, you know, very much on that cognitive level mm-hmm. that creating the space to feel feels foreign. Yeah. And yeah. yet we wonder why we're so disconnected and why mm-hmm. we are not able to connect with people and have yeah. these conversations and these authentic happenings. It's because we're so disconnected from our own essence and inner being. Yeah. Because yeah. We are living in a world that is really pulling the strings of our mind mm-hmm. constantly everywhere yeah. you go yeah everywhere you go everything you experience yeah absolutely it it's a hundred percent that way and that's I like I see that all the time like people will think that like coming to therapy means like okay I'm never gonna feel these things like some people will truly come to therapy to try to learn how to not feel sad how to not feel angry and I told them I was like that's never gonna happen and you shouldn't want that to happen Um, I always tell people, even with anxiety, like to say, like, I never want to feel anxiety again is saying like, I want to turn off a part of my soul. Like you're essentially saying like, you don't want to feel because anxiety is not there to hurt you. And the analogy I always use is like, when, when you're saying like, I don't want to feel a feeling or I don't want to, you know, feel this way. Imagine when you're walking, you stub your toe on a table 
and it hurts, it stings. You're like, oh, you're like, you might be cursing, whatever, because it's painful. And that shock goes all the way from your toe all the way up. You would never cut off your toe to prevent it from like to prevent yourself from feeling that again. You would like express yourself, you would feel it, and then you would be like, oh, and that, but what happens is your nervous system told you because you stubbed your toe, hey, there's a table there. Don't continue walking that direction. Switch paths. That is what emotions are. They're like, hey, don't keep going that way. But instead with emotions, we're like, no, cut the whole toe off. I don't, I'm, I still want to walk in this direction. I don't care that there's a table there. And then like, and you know, and then, then we might get hurt even more, but yeah, our, our emotions are just the nervous system of the soul. They're just trying to communicate different things. And sometimes it's painful. Yes. But other times it felt like our nerves in our body also give us, allow us to feel pleasure, like physical pleasure and all these different things. It's the same way with emotions. It's just, there's polarity. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm interested to know your thought process with this is I read a book by Osho and it was called, I think, Emotions. If I'm not okay. Mistaken. Okay. And it talks about how emotions are constantly in motion. Mm-hmm. And there's like, for lack of a better t- word, like terminology, because I don't recall specifically like how he put it, but there's like the superficial emotion, right? And then mm-hmm. there's like the feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Because the emotions are constantly in motion. Like you yeah. could probably... I don't know, a couple different emotions within an hour, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, like the feeling in your body. So are we talking about both or are we talking about like the the deeper feeling of like, do you know what I'm trying to say? Maybe I'm not. I think so. I think in, so. In so the you're, best you, way. Yeah, I think you're saying, I think I know what you're saying. So whenever I think of emotions, I always think of, um, like the physical sensation that they create in the body. Yeah. To, like, because otherwise, like with, there is an energy that you can sense, but a lot of times you're also going to sense it in your body. So like when I pick up on energy, yes, I energetically am picking up on it, but it immediately is absorbed through the body. Like the body is inherently energetic. It is inherently like very, very intuitive. Um, and I know for some people even more, more so than others. Um, and so with emotion, the whole reason people don't like to feel emotions is because of the physical sensations that they cause. Um, but without physical sensations, we really wouldn't feel emotions. Like we would not even understand them. There would be no way to even understand what's happening besides like the cognitive stuff. But cognitively, a lot of times what happens is instead of feeling an emotions, we just create a narrative. And we think that the narrative, the thoughts are the emotions, but it's not. Um, which is why, yeah. So which puts us in a whole different like spiral tangent on that side, but yeah, but there's like this element too. That's like, I'll give an example. So like somebody cuts me off and I'm like Mm -hmm. this asshole, but I'm not angry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, it's like this angry thought sort of. Right. So it's like, I think sometimes people will, will kind of gravitate, like you said, like the cognitive dialogue of Mm -hmm. the emotion yeah and we go through so much of that on a daily basis yeah but the feeling is is essentially the the processing that your body is going through that we kind of move towards as opposed to like this oh that person said something that was really rude like that upset me like yeah I don't know how to, I don't. Yeah. So because the thoughts still do thoughts do still trigger emotions, 
but it is a lot different than when it's an emotion mm. that is naturally generating from your soul. It's and being physically like felt. Yes, I don't know. Yeah. The thought it, it it's almost like, like, um, a dim light might turn on. So instead of yeah. turning the whole light on, it's just like a right. flicker. Yeah. Um, and so, and, but so that's why when you stay in the cognitive level, you're not going to get as deep and you're not going to make as much progress as fast because there's still that disconnect between the body and the body is like each level of healing holds can hold the energetic trauma of an event. So your body can hold on to trauma and, um, and your energy can hold on to trauma. Your energy can hold on to trauma and your body can hold on to trauma from ancestors, um, and your lineage. And then your cognitive mind, your subconscious also can hold on to trauma. It just, everything holds it in a different way. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, I mean, we could be talking for hours about these hours, stories. Hours, so I love much. this shit so much, so much. <laughs> And like with that, there's, you know, can, can you share in a way that people can, so I have clients and they're like, I'm depressed. And I'm like, are you depressed? Are you having like heavy thoughts? Like, are you mm-hmm. really feeling like that in your body or is it like something that you're playing or did something happen that triggered? Right. Yeah. Can you speak to like, and it's, you could pick whatever emotion or however you want to like articulate it. Can you speak to people being able to identify that, that definition of what they, what emotion they think they're feeling as opposed to actually feeling. Okay. So you, uh, let me just clarify. So you want me to talk about, um, how, how they can connect with a deeper feeling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing that you want to do is, and it's hard. It's because I took me, like, I was somebody who who narrated every single emotion. I made every single emotion have mean this long story (laughs) for who I was as a person. Like, oh, I'm angry at this. I must be a bad person or I must be this or I must be A, B, and C. Um, So the first thing is you want to take a step back. So I always recommend breath work is a great way to start, um, especially if you were somebody who struggles with depression, even anxiety, but especially depression because depression signifies that that there is a lot that needs to be released and that there is a reworking and a connection that needs to happen between your energy, your body, and your mind, because your human mind ego self is like, no, the soul is bad and the soul is threatening us. Um, but breath work helps because it resets your nervous system. Um, so it, it, it deescalates the ego. So I always recommend taking a couple breaths and then take a step back. And instead of jumping into the mind, and trying to think of a solution or trying to like go into that survival mode where thoughts are coming fast, breathe deeply into the body. Find, close your eyes, take a deep breath and find out where it's sitting in your body and almost like, just like drop into it. Let yourself drop into that feeling and let the sen- let the sensations come across every cell, every nerve in your body. Don't Don't try to understand it. Don't try to figure out what it is. Like, don't try to like even see what it is. Just allow the physical sensations to happen. Sometimes you're going to feel like you need to cry. Maybe you feel like you need to run. Maybe you feel like you need to jump. That's okay. Let yourself then do those things. And then afterwards, after there's been some form of a, of a connection and then an expression, then you can go in and think and, and try to come at it from the mind as well. Um, you know, if you're somebody who's doing energy work, like that is when you can engage the third eye as well and see if it's a root problem. Um, but just allow it to kind of like wash over you. And then a lot of times that will open up your intuitive guidance too in your body and in your mind and connect them. So that way, sometimes you'll get like a download of like, okay, this isn't mine. So I'm going to release it. 
or, and you might even get next steps. So always like when it comes to diving into those deeper emotions and releasing them and figuring out what you need, you want to drop into the body. Um, your body is inherently intuitive. That's why like, it's, it's just so, and, and if that's how the deeper emotions are going to be expressed, there's going to be sensations. And a lot of us feel the sensations and we're immediately like, nope, that is a bad emotion. That is a bad thing. And then we jump into our mind and we'll, sometimes we'll make ourselves busy so we don't have to feel it, or we'll go focus on something else or whatever. I have done it before. I have to do this practice all the time because I spent my entire life jumping away from my emotions. So they don't distract me. So they don't like stop me. Your emotions aren't ever going to stop you. And if they do, it's, you know, with good, it's with good reason, like uh, that I need to go a different direction, but dropping into the body, it's also going to make sure your body doesn't store that emotion. Cause if you avoid it, your body's going to go, okay. So, and your brain is going to go, okay, so this was a bad thing. So we're going to hold on to it. So we remember this response on how to deal with it and survive. So dropping into your body gives you what you need to be able to move forward. And also will give you the courage to move forward too. So good. And I love that you could speak from such a place of experience too, because there's a lot of, you know, therapists and energy healers out there that really haven't done the work or been Mm -hmm. through what they're trying to coach other people through. So it is even more profound because you could speak to a level that and, and even in a language, like even just having this conversation yeah. that is so resonant and so relatable because you've been there and you've yeah. done it, yeah. you know, which is just so beautiful to see and like, see you articulate the words and the way that you Thank do you. It really, like, give us that like understanding too, because there's, unfortunately we aren't really taught or we don't grow up with a society that gives these deeper ways to relate to what yeah. we're experiencing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. No, absolutely. families are like sometimes even so disconnected. Oh yeah. I grew up in a family where my parents are great. I love them. But my dad would always tell me, don't let anyone see you cry. It shows weakness. And then they will be able to exploit it. My mom always told me to be the hardest working person in any room, because you have to prove yourself everywhere you go to always have like a mask. My mom trained me in look your best so that people know that you're the best. Like I was, I mean, my mom is this like really powerful, awesome, like woman. And I come from a line of strong women, but I was very much trained as almost like a warrior and for by, by both sides of my family and emotions were something that could be distracting that gave people a reason to disvalue you and to not listen to you and to not take you seriously. Um, I was a very different person (laughs) in my early twenties and in my teen years where I did not connect with my emotions at all. I was like, no, I'm fine. Like, okay, this, this obstacle, you know, I was a disabled single mother, black woman, um, with a partner who just passed away. And I was like, oh, this is fine. I'll just use you it to and like, forward. Wear it like a badge of honor. Yes, too, yes right? absolutely. I was like, look at all of the challenges and, I, and now, <laughs> and I am now worthy of like getting even farther. And like, I was just like, yeah, um, like a command, like a war general, like look yes. at all of the traumas that I have had yes. to experience to get to like, I just, and I was like, it's just going to propel me forward. Never taking a uh, thing to a second mm-hmm. to breathe. Like I've had people tell me, from the time I was young, like, oh, you probably won't like make it very far or, you know, you, well, you have these obstacles and people, you know, 
don't usually, you know, get to these places. I had women who told me when I was, because I got pregnant before I was married and while I was still in college that, oh, you had so much potential. That's so sad. Like who, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, um, like, oh, somebody was like, oh, I didn't think that you were that kind of girl or your parents must be so disappointed in you. You know, you really had a good thing going. And I'm just like, I remember feel, like I didn't stop to feel those feelings. I was just like, I'm just going to prove them wrong. We're just going to keep trudging forward, keep trudging forward. So and it's also something to be said about this, I think too, mm -hmm. and feel. <laughs> yeah. There's power in that too, though. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Sure. Right. Because there's the alternative where somebody would have taken those words and really would have been like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's an element to who we are and who our soul is because our mm -hmm. soul knows on a bigger level. Like mm -hmm. my mom used to tell me all the time, Oh, astrology and tarot. You're like, you work with the devil. And I was like, I've never, my dad closer. was the same way. <laughs> you know, I've never yeah. felt closer to God. I I'm know what way. I feel in my body. Right. Mm -hmm. So there is this element that it's not necessarily a badge of honor for me. It's like, what a soul, what, like a soul that knows it came here. That's like these, I've got my blinders on. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm forging forward because my soul is like, my soul's on yeah. a mist. And yeah. that's me is almost, you know, the societal construction Mm -hmm. of what that that sole purpose is is like yeah. okay keep going keep going keep going keep going but on yeah. a deeper level on the other side it's like just as it's it's just as powerful to be on the other side of the shield mm -hmm. and on behind the shield right like yeah. you could be equally as soft and equally as like in your emotions and deeply understand them but also continue that to forge forward and yeah. the duality of that is essentially the duality of life itself yeah, too. Absolutely. Well, and that's exactly it. Like it's not that those things were bad or that I am like, oh my gosh, I it's just I need you still need to feel your feelings yes. to truly be able to and to live in the present. If you're not feeling your feelings, you're not living in the present. You're either in the past or you're just striving for the future and you're missing your life. And that's yeah. how I when I look back, I feel like I just missed my life. Um, because I was running away from my emotions and, but I am proud of those things that I have overcome. And I still see it as a thing of where I am paving a path for other women who, and yes. showing them who might not be able to stand by themselves, but like for me to help them up and be like, no, you can do this. Like, look at what I did and you can do this too. And helping. And I've always been that way. Um, it's just, yeah. So I see the benefits of both, but I definitely, you know, when, when we don't allow ourselves to feel our feelings, eventually you're going to hit this wall and you're going to, it's yeah. that's where, and that wall is usually when people go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, okay, we got a lot, we got a lot yes. to get into. Yes. To into. Oh my God. yes. Such an amazing conversation. I don't know if you want to, like, I don't know why I'm being led to ask this, but if you want to like close with like a meditation or something like sure, that, yeah. um, but before we do that, if, I, we have all of um, Anna Marie's information in the show notes. If you want to contact her, if you want to schedule an appointment, all of that is there. And I don't know if you have anything else coming up. I know you kind of 
kind of dropped a little book situation. Yes. Well, I, that, yes, I, I'm not sure when that will come out yet. Cause I, okay. I'm going to go back and work on it and stuff. But, um, I, one of my um, signature programs is called the intuitive therapy program. So it's essentially like a coaching program, but we, I integrate what you would, all the benefits and what you would get in therapy, as well as the intuitive energy work. So we're really bridging those two together. It's a 12 week program, one-on-one container. Um, and by the end of it, you know, you'll, whatever your goals are, we'll get there. Um, and you're going to feel totally different. It's for people who feel stuck. It's for people who are like, I don't understand why I feel this way. And therapy doesn't really seem to be supporting me. Um, and for you to get to, we get to the bottom of stuff and, um, and we integrate those, the energy healings, as well as the cognitive behavioral strategies and nervous system work. Um, it's really, it really truly bridges all three levels of healing um, so that you don't have to be in therapy for three, four years to work through whatever. And you can start living the life that you want. Oh, I love it so, so much. And like quantum leap, right? Like the yes. quantum of it all. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Cool. Okay. So is there any type of meditation that you want nope, to focus nope. on? Wherever okay. you're led, wherever you're led. Okay. okay. So um, for those of us listening, I want you to put a hand on your heart and a hand on your stomach and just start off with three deep belly breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth and just take them as slow as you need. And then I want you to picture yourself in an open field, place of nature. It's a beautiful sunny day. Take a moment and just look around. See all the colors around you. What do you smell? What do you hear? What does it feel like? And I want you to see a sparkly white ball of light above your head. And it's going to enter in through your crown, through the top of your head. And this is source light. It is warm. It is safe. It is filled with love for you. And with each breath, it's going to travel in down your body, filling each cell all the way down to your toes where it's gonna root into the ground. And then ahead of you, you see somebody walking towards you. And this could be a person you know or don't know. As they get closer, you just feel so familiar with them. And now that they're in front of you, they tell you that they represent the issue, the wound that has been holding you back. And if it's a person you know, it doesn't mean that it's that person, but maybe more so the energy that it represents. And just take a second and connect with this person, this wound, and feel 
the love that is there for you. Give it a second and if they have anything to say that you need to know or anything that you need to feel, let yourself feel it. Let it come to the surface. Make peace with it. Feel the feeling rise all the way from your toes up into your heart space. And share love with this feeling. If anything feels uncomfortable, just take deeper, slower breaths and release. With each breath, we are releasing this emotion from our body. And then this person that approached you, they have a present for you. This present is something that you need to add to your life, to integrate into your life, to truly overcome what this problem is or this area that you're stuck in. The present represents the next step. And so I want you to take a second and open the present. What do you see? What do you feel? What knowledge comes immediately to your mind or to your body intuitively when you open this present? Let the knowing wash over you. And then I want you to tuck that present into your pocket. Hold the hands of this person that represents this problem and repeat three times in your mind. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. I release you. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. I release you. I love you. I forgive you. Thank you. I release you. And notice the shift in energy in this person and within yourself as they dissolve into source light. You're no longer held back from this problem, by this problem. You have the tools or tool now to be able to navigate it and overcome it. And that that was only held on because you are so deeply loved and cared for. And when you're ready, I want you to start to enter back your energy back into your body through your head. So picture your energy coming in through your physical head where you are in the present moment. And with each breath, your energy is going to ground into your body. all the way to the toes and you'll see your energy. I want you to see your energy actually go through your toes and root into the earth, into earth's core, 
anchoring you here in this present moment. Anchoring into the love, the support that is all around you. And when you're ready, open your eyes. How was that? You're welcome. I feel like that was specifically for me. <laughs> and that might That's be why okay. I asked for it, but I swear. That's okay. No, no, no. I, I, it was beautiful. It was, it was truly probably exactly what I needed. Good. I'm glad. That's always my intention. Yeah. And I pray that it's the same for everybody listening. Oh my gosh, Anna Maria, thank you so much for this conversation. So heart filling and such a source of light and Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it.